Welcome, White Sox fans, to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. Here are your hosts, Ian Eskridge and Danny Miller. Well, hello, White Sox fans, and welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. We are here tonight on the uh, beginning of the winter meetings. Uh, welcome. Uh, my name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Uh, doing pretty well, man. Uh, you know, like you said, just uh, waiting for uh, some of the big news that we're expecting to hear here at uh, this year's winter meetings. Uh, and, uh, you know, not expecting a huge amount from the White Sox this week. Uh, but you know, baseball's baseball, man. And, uh, as teams shift pieces, it will affect us in one way or another. So yeah, just looking forward to it. Yeah, I gotta we'll say, see. uh, I'm sorry. didn't mean to step on you, but I just wanted to add one last thing here is, you know, it's Monday night. The winter meeting started this morning. Uh, and you know, there's been some movement already, but this is generally where it kind of starts to really get rolling. But tomorrow, December the 5th happens to be my birthday, and it also happens to be the day that the draft lottery starts. Mm. And I, the only thing I'm hoping for is that uh, the White Sox end up somewhere with the top three pick. We'll get into so, that. For we'll my get, birthday. We'll but anyways, yeah, that. we'll get more into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also, you share a birthday with uh, John Rudels. Who his birthday? Brutals. Wow. So, yeah, we're going to be uh, <laughs> celebrating. It's going to be a great time. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, uh, you know the winter meetings started, and uh, you know nothing, nothing majors happened yet. Uh, I mean, we'll get into a bunch of, you know, stuff that other people have done. Because um, there sure isn't a whole lot of White Sox stuff going on. Um, there is not yet, anyway. Um, I guess I'll start it off with uh, former White Sox third base coach uh, Jim Leland was put into the Hall of Fame, got his 12 votes to get in. Um, you know, Pirates manager, Marlins manager, Rockies, Tigers. Um, pretty stinking good manager, and uh, White Sox let him walk. Um <laughs> Imagine and, that. Yeah. Um, it <laughs> seems to be an ongoing theme. I was actually talking to uh, Grimtall about it earlier today that, uh, you know, between La Russa and Tito Francona and Jim Leland, uh, they, they've let quite a few managers who are uh, Hall of Fame baseball players um, or Hall of Fame managers uh, go and... Uh, you know, I mean, we got our World Series win with Ozzie Guillen at the helm, but uh, other than that, it's been, you know, a few years here, and then uh, then they get launched. So, um, you know, congrats to him. That's cool. Uh, you know, yeah, really well known for uh, ripping heaters in the dugout, uh, a la you know Dick Allen type style. Um, also a very good manager with a good record and uh, some credentials as well. So um, that's cool, I guess, uh, you know, that there are White Sox ties there. Uh, his son, 
Pat Leland it was the uh, manager for the Cannonballers last year. Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about his contract status for this year, but I assume that he is coming back. So we still do have uh, Leland ties within the organization, so that's kind of cool. Indeed. Um, before the winter meeting started, uh, Alex Anthopoulos, he likes to do things. Um, he does, doesn't he? Sure does. Um, so Alex Anthopoulos managed to grab Jared Kellenick, Evan White, and Marco Gonzalez from the Mariners for Jack- recently acquired Jackson Coar and Cole Phillips. Um, okay. The guy's pretty aggressive, obviously. Uh, and, you know, Seattle also known for not being shy for trading away people. So, um, you know, I know that I was into Jared Kel- the idea of Jared Kellenick being a White Sox uh, when the draft was happening back in, uh, what was it, 2018, I think. Um, it's either 18 or 19. I think it was 18. Um, and uh, hasn't lived exactly up to... Uh, the expectations, um, you know, but then again, how many players really do live up to the expectations and the comps that they're given when they're drafted? Yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, and as time goes on, it's uh, even further and further between the uh, the guys that go in, say, the top 10 of an MLB draft kind of turned out to be the super studs that everybody was hoping to see. So uh, nothing against Jared. You know, he obviously has uh, the skill set to be a, a pretty dominant player throughout every level of his uh, baseball playing career up until reaching the major. So it, it might be one of those things where it's just uh, he needs a minor adjustment somewhere, needs to get himself in the right place and, you know, with the right staff and maybe just a minor tweak and get his, his game going. But, you know, that'll be remain to be seen now that uh, he is part of the Braves organization, which is actually known for uh, developing guys here as of late. So, you know, we'll see how that works out for him. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta seems to be one of those places when guys go there, their stock generally tends to go up a little bit. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jared Kellenick become a, uh, you know, a solid ball player and somebody that somebody would want. Um, right. You know, a little bit. Yeah. The opposite of what happens when the White Sox have acquired people recently. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and it's it's not like it's, you know, I mean, we're talking, we're sitting here talking about it, but here we are again, the Braves are, you know, an organization that uh, is being, hey, look at that. Yeah. Talking baseball. Yeah. Well, you know, the Braves are just that organization or one of a few organizations that seem to be in the mix just about when everything starts to kick off on the regular basis. And 2023 was no different. They're they're getting going early on uh, making some moves and trying to better the organization. Now, whether or not you know, those guys that they picked up in that trade all stay Braves, which, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit more about See. later on in the show. Um, you know, that might be uh that might be something that 
will come to fruition. Those guys might be packaged as part of other deals later on, but you know, either way, they're out there doing things and they're doing things early and doing things often. So good for them. Like to see some of that here, but you know, again, it's not really about quantity. It's about quality. And uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of quality here lately. So maybe just maybe. Yep. Um, Another deal that was reported as being in the works has apparently hit a major snag. Uh, the Padres and Yankees have been talking about trading. F- uh, Yankees are trying to acquire Juan Soto from the Padres. And apparently they have reached an impasse due to the Padres asking the Yankees for seven prospects, uh, including seven uh Several of their top prospects and uh, Michael King as well. Um, I mean, Yankees prospects generally do have a little bit of uh, helium to them, could you say? Uh, Usually ranked (laughs) pretty high and uh, the returns on those prospects uh, when they trade them or when they bring them up uh, have been a little less than stellar. So I understand asking for more prospects uh, in the hopes that, you know, a couple of them do hit, but seven is a lot. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's early in the talks. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, I even heard some guys talking about it. Now, I know I'm not, Dan O'Dowd is not exactly everybody's favorite former GM. But, uh, you know, you watch some uh, MLB network and, you know, he might not have been the best GM, but he'll say some things that, you know, to the general public make a little bit of sense. And when asked if, when when teams come out or it makes its way in through the media that uh, they're in discussions, an offer has been made. Uh, he was asked, you know, how far into the process is that? And he's like, really, it's it's the beginning of the process. It's maybe not the very first part of the process, but it's the beginning of the process. And when you throw out, you know, something like a seven prospects, of course you're going to hit a snag. But, you know, if you're the GM... <laughs> You're going to try to do the most to get the most out of it. I'm sure there'll be counter offers. If you're a serious contender for a trade piece, uh, you know, obviously there'll be a little bit of back and forth. So what's being leaked to the media is probably days old, (laughs) I'm guessing, or at least, you know, 24 hours old. And there's been some firing back and forth. And again, if I'm in a sales situation and somebody comes at me and says, you know, here's a, Here's a 2003 Ford Mustang with 189,000 miles on it. We want $60,000. I'm going to laugh in their face, right? And I may feel so disrespected that I don't want to talk to you anymore. But, you know, we'll see if that uh, plays true with uh, MLB GMs. Well, I mean, my my main thing here is that Juan Soto is a free agent in 2025. You get one year of Juan Soto, and you're asking for seven prospects in return for one year? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you're probably going to get laughed out of the building every time on that. 
yeah, when you say uh, bold strategy, um, hey, I hope it works out for him. Yeah, we'll see if it works out for him, Cotton. Um, pretty insane. Um, so, uh, next up, uh, at the winter meetings have actually started as of today, uh, and news has come out that the Brewers have made a couple of signings as well. Um, they've signed. Wade Miley, and apparently they're in, in agreement with uh, Joe Ross as well, who's been a a major health issue kind of guy. He's had uh, Tommy John and been out a bunch. Uh, when he's there, he's generally looked really good until he's gotten hurt. So um, I don't know. We'll see. You know what happens? What's up, Draft Nine Hundred Four? How you doing? Um, I mean, we'll see what happens uh, with him if he can manage to stay healthy. But, uh, you know, that was one thing uh, they, they've been talked about being shopping all of their high-priced or in the future high-priced starting pitching. And, uh, you know, we knew that they needed to shore up their starting pitching. So, I mean, I guess this kind of moves them in the correct direction. I mean, Wade Miley generally puts up innings, but Joe Ross is – I don't know, man. That's a that's a pretty rough one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no disagreement even here. <clears throat> yeah, um, and also uh, Brewers also making noise. Um, now, you remember Luis Robert and his extension mm-hmm. before he had played. The Brewers uh-huh. have gone out and made the. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily the consensus number two player in, uh, you know, for all of the draft publications. Um, but Jackson Churio is really highly rated uh, along the same lines of a Luis Robert, you know, being a uh, umpteen tool player, you know, having all of the skill sets. And, uh, so they have signed him to a record-breaking eight-year, $82 million extension. Indeed. Insane. We've seen a little bit of, yeah, I mean, we've seen a little bit about how that plays out here on the south side. Because, you know, as you mentioned, up until this point, uh, the White Sox owned the top two contracts ever doled out for players that had never played a single inning at the MLB level. And uh, one of those being, uh, well, both of those being guys who have not either a seen the field enough to uh, live up to the payday that they've gotten, or b uh, have produced in a way that you would hope for the payday that they had gotten. And uh, at the time, we as White Sox fans thought, "Huh, here's kind of a new strategy, you know, for Sox fans because if these guys do." kind of produce and, and do the things that they're supposed to do, you're probably going to get a huge discount, right? Because they're taking, they're basically taking their, their rookie contracts away and getting them on uh, extended contracts that aren't superstar numbers, but you're hoping these guys produce at superstar levels. Didn't really quite work out. It, it almost seemed as though, you know, all the guys that got extended early with the White Sox kind of said, well, you know what? I got my payday. I'm set. I can just kind of take it easy and kick back. And uh, the Brewers are probably getting out there and saying, you know what? We're confident that Jack Churio is not going to do that kind of thing. This guy is going to 
the heart of a warrior. He's going to come out and he's going to do everything he can to produce and maybe even get himself one of those, you know, huge three, four, or five hundred million dollar contracts somewhere down the line as we're seeing that, you know, some of these big names getting, you know, every year here lately. What do you think? I mean, the the crazy thing is, is that not only is it eight year, $82 million, but there are unspecified uh, escalators and incentives in the contract that could get him up to $142.5 million. Oh, I had not heard that part. That is quite interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, there is, you know, a, uh, this is one thing that the White Sox did not do, uh, which was put in motivation for said players. And I mean, you know, when, when you're an MLB caliber baseball player, I would like to think that motivation should not be an issue. You know, no, I would, I would like to think that. <laughs> um, now, as we've seen with, uh, you know, various White Sox players, that there has been a, uh, a question of motivation for, um, you know, Yohan Mankata, uh, Eloy being one of those guys that's always hurt and uh, doesn't seem particularly motivated to stay on the field and uh, get into shape. Um you know, I say say what you want about, you know, about either of those things. You know, I think that a lot of people like to say that somebody's not motivated just as a an easy way to, you know, I don't know. Cover I, up for the fact that maybe they weren't as good as we thought they were? Well, I mean, there's that. And there's also, you know, there's also, uh, you know, sometimes there's racial overtones, you know, and, and stuff like that. And. Uh, you say what you want about it. Uh, I, you know, I I don't say those kind of things. Um, but yeah, injuries can be the luck of the draw kind of thing as well, too. Yeah, of course, you know, and uh, you know, let's just hope that you know, for the Brewers' sake, I hope that that is not the case. Uh, I've watched him quite a bit as he's been coming up uh, as a couple of his teams have played the uh, White Sox minor league affiliates, and he's very he's very good. Um, and I will say, actually, uh, generally when he plays the White Sox affiliates, he has not done really all that well. Um, they've seemed to be able to figure out a way to uh, kind of put the reins in on him a little bit. Um, not those kind of games where he's, you know, hitting two, three home runs in a game, which, you know, if you've <laughs> looked up highlights for Jackson Churio, he has a uh, skill set enabling him to do that. And uh, he did not do that against White Sox affiliates. So that's nice. Um, I mean, I guess if, if we're going to take, we're going to take a win anywhere. We'll take that one. I mean, got <laughs> we don't have really much to go on here lately. Yeah. I mean, you know, not at the major league level, uh, you know, if you go to our Twitter account, uh, X account uh, at daily White Sox, you will see uh, all sorts of White Sox minor league highlights. And if you are, Looking for any kind of uh, positivity, you know, uh, based upon the White Sox minor league system, um, it's a good place to start. Yeah, so, you'll definitely find it there. Yeah. Um, so there have been a couple of uh, managerial slash coaching things that have happened in the last couple of days. Um, uh, one of the guys that uh, 
White Sox daily follows on Twitter and often retweets uh, Jerry Espinoza. He's a photographer. Um, a few months back, uh, I want to say in early September, he had pictures of Nelson Cruz in a Dodgers uniform hanging out with uh, a bunch of the DSL players that had just come over. And it was announced today as some sort of big unveiling, um, which he took <laughs> offense to, um, that uh, Nelson Cruz is now a um, some sort of a uh, ambassador slash special assistant to the Dodgers um, to uh, help them with uh, some of the Latin players that are coming over. And, uh, you know, the guy has um, he has a very large voice when it comes to uh, the Dominican players. And uh, I kind of see that being kind of a nice hire that's going to uh, help them. It's kind of like Jose Contreras with the White Sox, you know, where he talks to all the Cuban guys that come over. And uh, I kind of feel that that will probably have a similar effect. Also, uh, actually announced today, um, the Dodgers have apparently hired Chris Archer as a special assistant. Which I kind of yeah I heard a little bit about that yeah I kind of <clears throat> kind of surprised a little bit you know trying to figure out uh, why <laughs> <laughs> well you know I, I I don't really know the whys uh, you know it seems like seems like he was pitching yesterday doesn't it yeah it, it I mean it hasn't been very long I think he. Uh, I think he was even in the league earlier this year and uh, didn't make the cut to uh, to pitch for anybody in this season. So I mean, it hasn't it hasn't been that long anyway. No, no, it has not. And, but and like you said, you know, he wasn't he wasn't doing really well. But you know, the old saying is that uh, those that uh, those that can't coach. Yeah, well, I mean, the guy's kind of fallen apart here in the last few years, and he's been injured a lot. So, I mean, I get that. It's not that, you know, we've certainly seen him do, you know, some work on the mound in Major League Baseball. Just his body has not uh, cooperated in the last few years. So Right. When healthy, he was actually uh, – I mean, at one point, I remember there were a lot of teams that were uh, hoping to land Chris Archer just a few seasons ago. But like you say, injuries kind of uh, curtail that interest. And, uh, you know, he just isn't able to do and produce in the way that he once did. So, you know, the body doesn't let you do what you get, you're, you you were meant to do. But uh, the brain still works. And, uh, again, he could be another one of those guys. It's voice in, in helping some of these. Especially now, we're talking about, like, look, let's just compare this to what we've been talking about with the White Sox, right? Where some of this coaching staff... Uh, has been a little bit older, uh, out of touch. Uh, we talked about this just a few shows back. Uh, having a guy like Chris Archer be an assistant of some sort might be that young voice that guys kind of need to hear, you know, somebody who's just removed from the game. Uh, and, you know, we've seen some of those hires in recent, you know, weeks here with the White Sox organization. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I think maybe there's a shift in uh, thinking in some of these uh, front offices, and we might see more of these types of hires here. Uh, you know, in the near future. Yeah, I I 
This is one thing that, uh, you know, one of the White Sox and one of the guys that I talked to, talked to that's a former prospect guy, said is that he felt that the White Sox needed more major league experienced guys in the system to help guys that are coming in to develop their routines and to know exactly what they're what they need to be doing in order to ascend to the major leagues and um you know oh boy James Hesterman coming with a coming with the heat right here oh did i miss it says fun fact Colson working out with Jake Berger Rooker and Pasquantino currently uh i don't know if you know this or not but they do share the same uh the same agency uh so that explains that and uh i did hear that uh, a few weeks ago and uh completely spaced it so that's good to know um um yeah so um another extension handed out uh thompson the uh, manager for the phillies also given an extension uh it's at least one more year because he was signed through 2024 and uh so instead of having him have his lame duck season uh they have at least extended him for one year so he will be there in uh 2025 supposedly we'll see well hard to argue with the results you know uh deep into the playoffs a few years in a row here a couple of uh world series appearances and a world series title i'd say uh not a bad move well i mean i'm not saying i'm just saying there have been many a time where you know, you have your quote-unquote rebuild manager, and uh, the guy just can't seem to get it done, so they bring somebody else in to get it done. And if Thompson continues to take them deep into the playoffs and they keep falling flat on their face and can't win it... Can't get the win, the full-on win. Yep. Then uh, you may see one of those scenarios develop in Philadelphia. Uh, We know that... I wouldn't exactly um, accuse Philadelphia fans of being patient. No. Uh, yeah, in any of the uh, major sports arenas there. I don't think that's uh, I, I think that's a fair assessment. How about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so across division, um, let me go ahead and uh, bring this guy up. Uh, across the division in Detroit, uh, the Detroit Tigers have extended AJ Hinch. So uh, now the it's a beautiful signature. <laughs> you like that? Um, I decided to make the uh, the corrections to the press release uh, email that the White Sox sent out and uh, corrected it uh, with the um, appropriate uh, pictures and uh, names on it. Uh, to match the autograph that was on the original email. Um, There are no details on the contract, but his previous contract was through 2025. So if they extended him now, um, it's pretty clear that they think that he's the guy for the job and he's going to be there for several years um, after... You know, after his original contract in 2025, so there's no lame duck. There's no nothing like that. Uh, I don't know exactly, you know, and obviously I don't know the details on how long that contract is, but he's at least going to be there for a few years, foreseeing, uh, you know, like a, 
you know, any weird circumstances. Speaking of uh, weird circumstances, uh, today was the uh, anniversary of Omar Vizquel being hired by the White Sox to manage the uh, Winston-Salem Dash. So there's that. uh, Yeah, yeah, we can just skip right past that one. Right over that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but just getting back to the AJ Hinch thing, I think, uh, you know, one, like you said, it signals that uh, they believe he is the man to uh, be the, well, you know, he's just the best that they can put in place to get the job done for what they, you know, see as a successful future. But two, I think it also tells me that if you were going to, be able to throw enough table out or throw enough money on the table to extend AJ Hinch, because I'm sure AJ Hinch knows that he's a, a sought after manager. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously bring some, uh, really good postseason experience, you know, albeit asterisks and, and whatnot you want to throw at it. But to me, I would think that, uh, they must have came at AJ and said, here's a boatload of money because we are going to build you a team to do exactly what you did in Houston. So, you know, I don't know. We might have to strap it in, Sox fans. Like they, and let's let's be honest. You know, Dombrowski is not a guy who is uh, afraid to uh, go out and make some moves, right? So, I don't know. We uh, We might see some competition to the uh, north and east of us here over the next few years. And it, it won't just be a, a a Cleveland team trying to scrape and claw away at, at you know, just enough to uh, win a, a central division or a Twins team that's going to do just enough to win a central division or a White Sox team that thinks they can run away with the central division and fall flat on their face. So I don't know. Uh, you can read between the lines or you can just say, yeah, they probably threw a bunch of money at them and that's that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, speaking of the Cleveland Guardians, uh, it is ha- has been floated out there that they are listening to offers on Emmanuel Class A, which is interesting. Um, I find yeah, possibly that to be... the uh, best closer in baseball right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I I just find it kind of strange, you know, um, like why <laughs> that that's it's definitely worked for you. I mean, unless I mean, I guess if you're getting some you know boatload of uh, prospects for them i get it i just you know like they're always trying to not spend money (laughs) always and uh, right always seems to uh work out so well for them um (laughs) did you happen to see uh pedro grafal's uh outfit for the uh for his presser at uh the uh winter meetings Earlier today, I might have I might have caught a, a very small glimpse. Let me, yeah, let me go ahead and uh, bring up but, uh, uh, a picture of that. Um, let's see if I can get it. Am I going to get it? Hide that. There we go. Um, that is Pedro's outfit that he decided to wear to the. Uh, to the winter meetings to do his presser. Um, I decided that it was probably a a good idea to make some alterations to that. And uh, we now have uh, Father Griffal. Padre. 
Yes. Padre Pedro. He is he is here to take all of your confessions and uh be here to uh help you out with uh you know any problems that you have with the White Sox. He is willing to talk about them. Yeah, well, let me just start by saying uh bless me, Padre Pedro, for I have sinned in my White Sox fandom. Because <clears throat> I have lost all faith <laughs> until you show me something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get this from uh, Luis here. Uh, unserious outfit from an unserious organization. Um, yeah, well, I can't argue with that. Um, okay, there's nothing more serious than sitting in the other side of a confessional, buddy. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying here. Uh James. Hide the altar boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he had some he had some quotes today. Um he says, We have some players that are really talented, and we're not going to just move them to move them. It has to make sense. These guys have proven it at the major league level, and if it makes sense for us, I think Chris and his staff will pull the trigger. If it doesn't, then we'll wait for the right time. All right. So uh you know, th- this is one thing. This is going to be a uh, kind of something that uh, you hear several times here in the uh, the next couple of quotes here is that uh, they're trying to make it seem like they're not going to be trading people because they don't need to. Sure. I watched the 2023 White Sox. Um I'd say something definitely needs to change. And I mean, you could say one could say that, uh, you know, a few of these guys aren't necessarily the issue. Uh, However, you know, you might think that maybe you might want to just get rid of some of these guys just to change the overall tone in the clubhouse. Now, my issue here is that you still have this clown running the whole thing. And to me, that's an yeah. issue. Uh, Father, yeah, my, uh, my, no my disagreement. Apologies, Father Griffal. <laughs> yeah, no disagreement here. But, you know, I, I'm with you on the let's get some new blood going. You know, uh, let's get something. Let's Let's see some sort of change. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Let's let I don't know. Let's switch it up a little bit. It can't get much worse than last year. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I the, feel the like record can't get much worse than last year. But when you look at things after the trade deadline that they actually played significantly worse, uh, actually, things can get a lot worse. Uh, yeah, this is true. Um, so, I mean, you know, hmm. <laughs> I mean, technically, yes, they can get worse. Let's hope that they don't, but, uh, you know, uh, it certainly could. Let's well, I, I didn't say they, they they can't get much worse. I mean, they got to run into a handful. Yeah, I mean, can you really get know. much worse than, uh, you know, 100-plus losses? I don't, you know, 110 and 101, what's the difference? Yeah, no. I, I don't know, man. Again, I, I'm, I'm not really... I'm not coming with a whole lot of energy tonight because I'm just waiting. Just show me something. Show me anything, anything. And you know, if we are going to trade some guys, let's please 
get something in return. Let's not be trigger happy. And I know they're saying these things in the, you know, in the press, right? Uh, we're not in a hurry to do things. We want to make sure we get everything. But, you know, all of that remains to be seen. And it, there's this, this jadedness that I feel where I'm kind of, you know, uh, Energetic with anticipation, uh, you know, I kind of got a little bit of that anxiety, anticipation, waiting to see what's going to happen. But at the same time, I'm like, is anything really going to happen? Anything of consequence? Are we going to get hoodwinked again? And, and sorry, sorry for, you know, being that guy. I try to keep it positive, but, uh, you know, I, I just I don't have the faith that they're going to get it done the right way. You know, there's been a lot of talk of Dylan Cease. There's been a lot of talk of, you know, Possibly even Louis Robert. He's the only one that's supposedly untouchable, but then you hear nobody's untouchable. Yeah. Well, and, uh, if we don't get something back, I'm going to be a little PO'd. I know that uh, John Morosi had a conversation with Chuck Garfine, and he basically told Chuck Garfine, hey, if a team is that bad, there are no untouchables. So, I mean, you know, I would generally think that you know you're going to need a lot to get Luis Robert out of the White Sox um and I would generally think that that's not going to happen but you know you never know um right. so and I've said this every we've been doing this now for what this is going to be our third or fourth fourth off season together doing this show ish yeah something like that somewhere in there and uh I you know I've probably said it many times every off season I'll, it won't be the last time I say it this off season I'm sure but uh, if you're a GM and you're not at least listening on everyone that is part of your ball club, you're not doing your job. Yep. Nobody says you have to trade anybody. You don't have to trade anybody. You don't have to do anything you don't feel comfortable with, right? But you should be listening on everything because if somebody's going to offer you a monstrous package, absolutely gargantuan package for Luis Robert, you may have to take that. I mean... I guess, yeah. Talking about uh, gargantuan packages. Uh, it's interesting. Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> maybe a bad choice of words. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> um, so, here's a, a shocking revelation that uh, Pedro had uh, that he uh, decided to tell reporters about. And when I read this, I was just like, you're just figuring this out now. One of the things I learned last year is that we played a game that doesn't win in the big leagues. We need to play faster. We need to be more athletic. We've got to catch a baseball. We have to do things a huh. little, little better fundamentally. You think? Hmm. You don't say. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. After hearing quotes like that, that guy can take my gargantuan package. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, there. you know, I... Beefloaf uh, did a uh, a little um, a little stream on Saturday morning. I don't know if you had a chance to check that out. Um, he you know outlines a few reasons why Pedro Grafal is still around, and uh, I understand it. You know I understand his his points. Um, still bums me out. <laughs> regardless, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean you can you can take the whole you know one year. We don't want to be one and done injuries, you know, bad clubhouse vibe, bad, you know, bad apples spoiling the bunch, whatever. 
you know, I don't know. I don't, none of that really behooves me. I watched the games. I saw the in-game decision-making, the pitching moves, the pinch running and pinch batting and defensive replacements or lack thereof, like all of those things, you know, bunting in situations that don't call for bunts. I was like, are we watching Tony LaRusso's numbers again? Did, did he just grab those binders from Tony LaRusso and say, these are the analytics I'm going to use. Thank you. Yeah. It it felt much of the same. Yeah. He did a lot of really questionable things when he was at the helm. And I mean, generally, yeah, you will see a lot of improvement in between year one and two for a new manager, but uh, I don't know. I I have a hard time believing in Pedro Grafal, but uh, you know, I don't make the, uh, the payroll decisions. And uh, that is who is going to be leading the White Sox charging into 2024. Ooh, yeah, charging my credit card for beers and tickets and parking. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know, man. It, yeah, whatever, (laughs) whatever. Let's move on. Yeah, I did not listen to any of uh, or read any of Jerry Reinsdorf's quotes because I don't need to hear what he has to say. Uh, I don't think that anything he says is going to shed any light on anything that's going to matter to me whatsoever, um, because I don't need to hear about David Eckstein. So um, (laughs) uh, Chris Getz, however, uh, did do some interviews as well. Um, There he is. There he is. There's that guy. Um, He's he's a skew. Um, But... uh, Where's his alter ego? Um, I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know if it's gonna work. Might, might mm. not work because uh, it looks like it is askew. Let's go ahead, mm. and try that. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, that makes me feel better. All right. Well, if that's if that makes you feel better, um, let's see if I'm bringing up the right one here. Uh, so. In regards, actually, you know what? Let's not talk about that one just yet. Let's we'll we'll get to that one later. Um, All right. So, when asked about whether the White Sox are rebuilding or not, uh, he said, "I would think retool is a good way to phrase it." I say that because ah, see now I see what's going on here. Whole thing. That whole thing. Oh. There we go. Hey, all right. I don't know why I did that? That's really weird. Um, he says, "I would think retool is a good way to phrase it." I say that because we do have talent on this roster. Obviously, it hasn't worked, so you've got to be creative and find ways to improve it. We talk about the makeup and the chemistry of the team, or certainly add depth or acquire players who are flat out better. We are on a pursuit to improve this team, and there are different ways to go about it. I mean, that's the kind of thing that I like to hear. Um, and I would say that fundamentally the team has probably gotten better defense-wise, um, but offensively I certainly wouldn't say that they've gotten better. Um, no, the ceiling has definitely gone down offensively. That's if we're going to talk about anything. Like, you know, obviously a lot of the current guys on the roster have not performed all that great to begin with so getting at least the same out of some new 
guys is uh, probably not that far of a stretch, but you definitely have taken the ceiling down quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the issue being that we've watched this team uh, basically since probably about midway through 21, and we've watched the offense be stagnant and uh, very inconsistent uh, or incon- or consistently uneven, you know? Uh, it's either three consistently runs. Consistently inconsistent. Yeah, it's three runs or seven runs and that's the and most of the time it's three runs it's it's not been pretty so you know i maybe you know if you want to wear some rose-colored glasses maybe having uh some contact guys like a a nicky lopez or a paul de jong around maybe that helps the Rest of the guys in the lineup have some guys, hopefully, on base to uh, drive people in. Or, uh, you know, Paul DeJong can hit some home runs and maybe drive some guys in. Um, But I don't know. Uh, I mean, everybody else on the team has to stay healthy, which has been an issue. Um, There's still a couple of uh, glaring holes uh, at catcher and right field. And uh, I'm... Personally, I'm not sold yet on the uh, the Corey Lee experience. Um, Nor am I. Uh, I mean, you know, granted, it was a small sample size at the end of the you know the second half of last year, but uh, the bat did not translate. It did not like at all, at all, uh, and he wasn't even the greatest of receivers. Yeah. Behind the plate either. So, you know, you're kind of hoping that you get something, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, who knows, maybe they go with uh, the Carlos Perez experience instead. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing that worries me is the, um, the, the defensive part of the equation, you know, is that he's billed as a guy – that's supposed to be a, a defensive first catcher who does run into the ball occasionally with some power. And um, the thing that's always, you know, that a, a bunch of people said about him in the minors is that when he sells out for power, the batting average in OBP is going to drop. And, you know, we didn't see either side of power on one side or OBP and batting average on the other side. We didn't see either side with that, uh, that very limited run. And, you know, I know he, he was coming back from injury and there is that, and it might take him a little bit of time to get, uh, to get back into things. But uh, yeah, that was, that was rough. You know, Uh, I mean, it was, we do have a couple other guys in the, uh, you know, in AAA and Carlos Perez and uh, Hackenberg that are, you know, well, we know Hackenberg can swing it, right? Well, I mean, with some power, he, anyway. Well, see, the thing is, is that this year, uh, in 2023, uh, Adam Hackenberg decided to work on being a contact hitter a little bit more and worry about his power a little bit less. And um, I'd say that the bat to ball did get better, um, but you know, you did see power reduction from him, which is. You know, it's fine. You know, I'm perfectly – if we get Jason Kendall 
you know, where defensively a plus can throw the ball real well and hit singles and doubles. I'm fine with that. But yeah, I'm not saying too. that's what he is, though. No, not at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take some time at the moment, you know, you know, and here we are talking right now. And uh, it was mentioned earlier in the show that uh, Colson was uh, working out with a couple of guys. And I look up, I have uh, MLB Network on in the background, muted. And I look up to see Jake Berger's beautiful, bald self uh, on the uh, on the show with uh, Vinny Pasquantino and Brandon Lau. So. Uh yeah, and um, you know of course all the uh, all the highlights they were showing in the background were of him you know hitting tanks for the Marlins and not the White Sox. So yay! Well, I mean he hit more for the White Sox <laughs> than he did with the Marlins, but uh, you know I digress. Hmm. Um, so uh, the Dylan Cease thing has been kind of like a a, a hot button issue um, about what they're going to do with him. Um, he says there's certainly no urgency to move Dylan Cease. And just like I've said from the beginning, if there's an opportunity to help our club, both near-term and long-term, we'll look at it. But we're talking about one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he, I, he continued, um, right now we're not very close, but just like other winter meetings that can quickly change in a matter of minutes. That's why you keep your phone on and continue to have conversations with every club and agents as well. So, you know, obviously we know how this game's played is that they're going to say that they're in no hurry to get rid of him and that they don't need to trade him, but everybody knows that they're looking to trade him. Um, So this is, you know, normal general manager speak, you know, that... uh, Don't want to sound too desperate. Yeah. Uh, We don't need to If I sound desperate, I'm going to get caught with my pants down. So... Exactly. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Um, I... I kind of figure that that it's only a matter of time until he does go. Now, I don't know whether it's going to be... You know, during the winter meetings, after the winter meetings, I wouldn't have been surprised if it had been before the winter meetings, you know, because I know that uh, a bunch of people are looking to upgrade their rotations. Um, So there have been uh, quite a few rumors, and I kind of wanted to gauge your feelings on if the White Sox do trade Dylan Cease, um, you know, one of the rumored uh, teams that have been linked to Dylan Cease as his hometown Atlanta Braves. Um, and their farm system is generally, at least at the moment, is generally pretty pitching heavy. And, uh, right. you know, you have uh, teams like the Orioles and the Reds that do have uh, some position players available. Um, ideally, if you were to make a trade with one of these teams... Um, would you a uh, going off of his quote? Uh, would you go more uh, helping in the future, helping now, or uh, would you go pitching or position players? Ideally, if you had a choice, where where would you go? Uh, well, I mean, me personally, 
you know, we've talked about this a little bit too, is we just endured some of the worst White Sox baseball that we have seen in our lifetimes during what was supposed to be, you know, the flat out be all end all of rebuilds. And I personally would rather not go through another six or seven years of baseball hell if <clears throat> it can be prevented. So I'm kind of looking for in return. I would, I would like to hope that yeah, I'm, we're getting guys that are, if not already, you know, maybe getting some short cups of coffee at the major league level. I want guys that are close to MLB ready. Um, and, you know, at pitching, I feel like is one of those things where the White Sox develop bullpen arms really well, but we don't have any kind of starting rotation right now. If you're really looking at it, I mean, you got Michael Kopech returning, you got Tuki Toussaint returning, Jesse Schulten's returning. Uh, you kind of hope that uh, Davis Martin can, uh, you know, be healthy and, and do some things at some point. Uh, I, but I would like to get some, maybe, maybe one really good, pitching prospect, but I, the, the Sox have this terrible penchant for not being able to develop or get the most out of their on-field prospects, right? So why not steal somebody from somebody else's organization who's close, who's had that best development possible? And, you know, we brought up that that Seattle trade with with uh, with the Braves earlier, and I said, you know, I happen to mention that some of those guys might not be there. And the, the Braves have pretty much come out and said that Marco Gonzalez, when they acquired him from Seattle, was not going. I mean, they've already said it. He's pretty much not going to be a part of our organization for very long. So they're looking to deal him. Do do we do you want him as you know as a White Sox? Do you want him part of the package? Maybe. I don't know. Doesn't really jump off the paper at me, but. You know, the Braves, it's, they're just, they, they've got a lot of guys that you could choose from, right? But it's going to have to be a, a decent package deal. And I don't even know who I would throw in there, but I think I would lean more towards pitching coming from them just because they're kind of stocked tight pitching-wise. Now, if we were to look at some of the other teams that you mentioned there, and I know there's one you're chomping at the bit to get to, but... I'll uh, I'll wait for you to be ready to throw that out there. But yeah, I'm leaning more towards pitching when it comes to the Braves. How about you? You know, I I I'm personally I am of the opinion that the White Sox have some promising arms in the system. Um and Noah Schultz. Yeah, I mean, among others, I mean, you have uh, a bunch of guys. You know, I mean, there, there's uh, just a, there's a there's a ton of guys down there, and they're all generally pretty well regarded guys. And you had guys come on last year that you weren't expecting to see do uh, certainly not what they did, and you know, some of them you weren't expecting anything out of, and um, you know, I th- yes, the rotation this year is looking pretty grim, uh, especially if you get rid of Cease. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of think that, uh, you know, I would go in the position player market more so than I would in pitching. 
um, just because I think that the White Sox have a lot of guys to at least put out there and see if they can do anything. Okay. And as you're you're not expecting in 2024 that uh, necessarily that, you know, that you're going to, I mean, they can say what they want, but in 2024, not going to compete. Yeah. In 2024, you don't expect them to compete. So, I mean, you have a bunch of guys that are going to be in triple a probably to start the year because they need to move some of these other guys up. Um, so, you know, unless you're getting uh, a real stud starting pitcher uh, return, I would think that they would probably try and get something that's a little bit closer, uh, i.e. a Heston Kierstad or something along those lines. Now, part of the problem being is that the Orioles generally have been, you know, not willing to part with that great depth that they do have. And I understand why. Yeah, Jackson um, Holiday are bust. Well, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but I obviously take him straight up for Dylan C's things. Yeah, obviously that one's he's not coming back in any no. trade. Um, but uh, you know, I I would like to see probably some guys who are closer to the major league uh, positional side of the field. And uh, oh, hello there. Um, you know, I, I would like to hopefully see something that's going to uh, develop offensively for this White Sox team. And, you know, I mean, what that's going to be, I mean, we'll see, you know. But, um, I mean, that's where, that's where I would personally like to go as a uh, positional guy. And I don't particularly see the Braves being that guy, uh, being that team that's going to uh, – provide that kind of uh, talent for the White Sox that's going to be major league, at least close to major league ready. Um, you know, Vaughn Grissom, to me, I personally, he, he does not excite me. Um, right. You know, if he was with the White Sox minor league system, I'd probably be a little bit higher on him than I than I am now. But, I mean, still, it's not really the guy yeah, that I'm and looking that's- for. Pretty much what I was getting at. If if we're going to be a trade partner with the Braves, I just don't know that they have. I, I would much rather see the White Sox get some position players back. Like I said, they just haven't had a real. Uh, they haven't been really adept at at bringing along position players for a while, and I would rather see a a, a trade package. You know, have at least one or two guys that are close that are position players because. You got to hope that these other organizations did their did the job for you, right? Uh, and I just don't see the Braves being that organization that has those guys that are close to major league ready for the White Sox. I would rather see them be trade partners with, like, I mean, like you said, Baltimore. I mean, there's a there's a laundry list of guys over there that could help the White Sox in their system that are close, you know. Uh, and then you know the Dodgers, perennial. Uh, at least the last decade or so, perennially just seem to be able to pop guys out of their system left and right. Even when their system isn't ranked that high, they they somehow find one or two in there that kind of make their way to the major league level. And 
you know, it might not be superstars, but our everyday contributors. And I would just like to see something of that sort come back to the White Sox in a, in a trade piece for Dylan Cease. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, so, uh, last thing here tonight for uh, for me personally, um, MLB uh, draft lottery is tomorrow at four, starting at four thirty uh, on uh, MLB dot com uh, streaming and also on uh, MLB Network. Uh, the White Sox have a fourteen point seven uh, percent chance, I think, of first pick, if I remember correctly. Um, Sounds about right. Now you had said earlier that you were hoping that they would get uh, a top three pick. Correct. I will agree with that. Um, but the unfortunate thing is, is that if they pick in the top six, say they get fourth, fifth, or sixth, uh, which you know they're slated to get the fourth. You know, if if you were to go specifically on uh, winning percentage, that they are going to get the fourth pick. Uh, if they were slide fourth, fifth, or sixth um, in 2025, when they're supposed to be a better draft class, um, you are looking at uh, not in the top ten, regardless Correct. of how uh, garbage your record is. Poorly, your finish. Yeah. So, kind of, my feeling is is that. If you don't get uh, more or less the first or second pick, you better get seventh or eighth and drop way out of it. Because yeah, I I can see that thought, that that line of thinking for sure. Uh, you know, I, I just I what I I guess what where my thought process was was I don't want it. I didn't really think about it that way. You know, the way you're putting it out there, uh, I was thinking about more of the fact that, you know, as these lottery things go, often you can see a team that finished in the bottom three, you know, in other pro sports, obviously, because it's going to be the first time that the MLB is doing this. But uh, you can see a team that finished in the bottom three and all of a sudden they drop down the, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth in a draft lottery. And that kind of stings a little bit, right? You know, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like if MLB had kept in the traditions that it had been using for years where, you know, you're the bottom team gets the number one pick in the following draft, then the White Sox should be picking, well, you know, I think it was what, third or fourth? Fourth, yeah. As far as, yeah. So normally I wouldn't want to see them fall below that. Because that guy, it's like, you know, that's just adding insult to injury, right? Yeah. And that was just kind of my thought process. But now you're right. Now, thinking back to the way they have this draft lottery set up, uh, if you if you do fall within the top few, top handful of picks, then your eligibility for the following season becomes uh, almost a moot point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think there's even, uh, I think there's even some kind of uh, two-year uh, thing in there. If I, I have to go back and I read, think it's just one. I think I think you just can't dra- draft within the top ten the year after the the, the main uh, the the one team who is really in uh, a rough spot with that is the Washington Nationals. Um, they did pick uh, second last year, and they got Dylan Cruz, which is fantastic. However, the the issue being is that they're system is 
not fantastic. It's I wouldn't say it's barren, um, but there are they're not one of the top systems, and uh, they don't look like they're going to be doing. I mean, they were pretty terrible this year. I think they had the second or third worst record in baseball, and uh, they can't pick in the top ten this year because of these new rules. And it's not necessarily that they're tanking. They just, you know, they traded Soto and they just don't have a lot. They just don't really have a whole lot to bring up. Really? I mean, I guess they could go out there and, you know, spend insane amounts of money, but as the white Sox have proven, if you spend $190 million, $200 million, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to, that you're going to win 70 more than 70 games. You know, so the Nationals could go out and spend, you know, uh, another, you know, like $80 million in this offseason and fill it with a bunch of, you know, MLB retreads and spend a bunch of money. But if the talent's not there and they don't do better record wise, um, you know, even if they had done that last year and they still ended up with like the fifth worst record, they still wouldn't be able to draft in the top 10. You know, so yeah, it's yeah, like it kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's tough. You know, like I understand like the idea of not wanting teams to tank, but on the other hand, you know, when you get into a situation where, you know, say you just haven't drafted well, say uh, you can't, uh, you know, that like they tried to uh, extend Soto, they tried to extend Harper, uh, and then you have Steven Strasburg who right. signs this huge extension and then just can't pitch for years. You know, like when you get into a situation like that, I mean, regardless of whether they make their money back via insurance, which there was no insurance on the Strasburg contract. I know. Doesn't that hurt? Oof. Insane. But at the same time, you know, just because of that, you know, that's a bunch of extra money that they're still paying out. And I, they were talking about uh, trying to settle, you know, like Strasburg was talking about trying to settle with them and like uh, not use up all their money. But the thing is, is that the MLB players union generally frowns upon giving money back on a contract when you make money. They don't like that. So no, because it sets a precedent so that that doesn't work in the favor of the players. Yeah. So I would seriously doubt that they're going to, you know, that he's going to give very much of that money back. Um, so, I mean, like, they're just in a bad spot. And, you know, I don't, uh, you know, like, they're they're not my team. Uh, I don't dislike them. Um, I did follow them uh, when Harper was there. You know, me and Rudels were Harper guys. And, uh, like, we enjoyed our time, you know, when he was there. And we went to we went to the park and watched them play out there. And it was cool. Um, but, you know... It's just, you know, when now, if your team's not good, it doesn't matter anymore. Is that, yeah, can you imagine you being anything? really good and then falling off a cliff? And, and you know, very similar situation to this where you're going deep into the playoffs for a few years. You're making World Series appearances and, you know, maybe even getting a World Series win. And then, yeah, like you said, you, you kind of, for some reason, whatever the reason is, you fall off a cliff and now you're not eligible. Rough, man. Rough. Yeah. And like you said, I get the reasons why, because they're trying to prevent bad baseball, right? They're trying to, they're, they're, they're trying to keep some sort of parity. Bad baseball. 
Right, purposely bad baseball. But, I mean, here's the thing: is that the Rays have been picking late in the first, you know, been picking late in the draft for ages now, and they still do okay. But the issue being is that they get all sorts of sandwich comp picks because when their guys get signed by somebody else when they leave, they get compensation for that. They get compensation for being, you know, in uh, poverty Tampa Bay, you know, um, right. So, I mean, they're getting all these comp picks, so they're getting, you know, two first-rounders, essentially, two second-rounders, you know? So, yeah, you would think that, of course, they're going to build up in the draft a little bit faster, but, you know, say a team like uh, Nationals, they're not going to get that extra help. So No. You only hope that your your home team, your favorite team, whoever it is, you know, whether you're a Sox fan or a Nationals fan, like we're talking about, or a Mariners fan or an Angels fan, that uh, your front office has some uh, talent evaluators that are as good as what is going on down in Tampa because they just seem to find them. They even seem to snatch them from other teams where they're like, oh, hey, Randy, you know. Yeah. Randy Rosarina, when when he was traded over, I mean that that whole thing was just guy came out of nowhere. Yep, you know he see he they they just seem to pick up people who are talented and bring the best out of them early on in their careers right away. Yep. And you know we just don't we 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 haven't seen that type of thing here on the south side in what seems like forever, if ever. Well, I mean, let's hope that, uh, you know, I've, as has been uh, documented on at Daily White Sox on X slash Twitter, um, you can see that the White Sox prospects have been making some strides in uh, making changes to approaches, getting generally just better um, over the last few years. And, you know, I... You know, then they let Andy Barquette go, and I don't know who they're taking, you know, who they're going to be having even do that position going forward. They're like, they haven't, right. they haven't announced a replacement for that yet, and I haven't heard anything from anybody. Everybody's tight-lipped about it, which, fine, like, I get it. Um, like, they haven't even announced, like, what they're doing with the pitching stuff down there, and I know exactly what's happening, but they still haven't announced it yet. Which to me is right. just, what? What are you guys doing? Why? <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make any sense right. to me. I know that like uh, minor leaguers know <clears throat> and, and all that stuff, and staff knows, but like, why not just mention it? You know, like put it out there, let everybody know what's something. going on. Right? Yeah, it makes yeah, no sense. I don't understand why they play everything so tight to their chest, but they do. Uh, and you would think that a fan base that is as disgruntled as this one is. You would give us a bone. You throw us a bone somewhere. You know what I mean? You got entire stadiums full of fans chanting, sell the team. You got guys putting up billboards in the neighborhood around your stadium to sell the team. Uh, you know, the national media is covering people talking about sell the team. It doesn't look good. And yet you do nothing, absolutely nothing to change that. That that stymied aura, that 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 stench around you, uh, it, it just it's it it baffles me. It really really baffles me. You know you don't want to be the laughing stock. Oh, we're going to come out, we're going to compete. Baloney. 
But anywho, you know, the other thing about prospects we were just talking about too is, you know, we have been championing Mike Shirley here. But, uh, you know, the reality is, is until a handful of his guys, his draft guys, come up and show us that they can do it and do what was expected of them, I mean, it's still kind of suspect on him, too, his draft classes. Yes, you mentioned that it looks like some of these younger prospects have cleaned up a lot of what we've become used to as White Sox fans in our minor league system and all the way up to the major league club. But uh, until some of those guys make it, and and don't get me wrong, I am beyond hopeful that that does come to fruition here in the future. But until it happens, prospects are still suspects. And that means that uh, Mike Shirley's draft class as a whole, and Mike Shirley is uh, himself is still suspect. Yep. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, until they come up and do some damage, they're uh, they're going to be you know viewed as you know just uh, prospects until they come up and do something. And you know, we need to we need to see that at some point. You know, I'm not saying anything about anybody in particular, but I mean, at some point, somebody's got to come up and do something for the system to look like a success. So, um, at Daily White Sox on Twitter. Uh, whitesoxdaily.substack.com for uh, written content, which there hasn't been a whole lot of lately, uh, but you can also find this podcast there. Um, also, uh, you can get this podcast anywhere where you get your podcasts. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Same with uh, Facebook as well. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Thank you so much for coming and hanging out and uh, chatting, everybody. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening and coming out and uh, watching as well. Um, if you are not watching, come hang out in uh, our YouTube page and uh, or our Facebook page or on Twitch, twitch.tv slash White Sox Daily. Um, we are generally here every Monday night. Uh, if it's not Monday, it's Tuesday, but it's usually Monday. Um and uh, we appreciate you guys. My name is Ian Eswich. For my co-host, the Danny Miller, you guys have a great night, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you.